Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, part two on this Wednesday. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in. Part one of this episode focused on the James Harden trade, the World Series, and the Toronto Raptors. Plus, we gave out today's ticket. Uh, you can find that wherever you are catching this. If you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe, you can like, all that stuff really does help. Uh, if you're listening in podcast form, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you can. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I am at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email the show, Diary at yahoo.com. Today's focus, or this episode's focus... All about the National Football League. We look at the storylines coming out of Week 8. We look at the bad fantasy football team that might have been yours. And we look at trade deadline winners and losers before getting into the Vegas Raiders situation. So, that is what's coming up. Let's get to it and talk some football. All right, I think the biggest story of the weekend is how back the Cincinnati Bengals are. And we all knew going into that bye week was going to be so important for the Bengals. They come out and make a real statement against one of the best teams in the National Football League, the San Francisco 49ers. And it's not just that they won, but I think there's a couple of aspects to it. A, it was a full team effort. Like defensively, they came up with some big stops on uh, San Francisco, forcing some big turnovers. But the biggest part of it is Joe Burrow looked like Joe Burrow again. And he was excellent. And they were, once again, something that was missing from them the the first time, pushing the ball down the field. That was something that this team was not doing with Joe Burrow banged up a little bit. Now that he has the confidence in his leg to, to stay in the pocket and maybe extend some plays and push that ball down the field, this is a dangerous, dangerous football team. And the rest of the AFC, I think, is going to be a little bit upset that they allowed this team to hang around at 3-3 three and three with no Joe Burrow because now that this is one where you, you kind of go, look out, here come the Cincinnati Bengals. On the other side of that, it's now three losses in a row for San Francisco, and you are starting to see some cracks in the foundation. Um, I think the big thing that you take away from this game is if this team is trailing, is Brock Purdy the guy who's going to be able to to lead them back? And it kind of right now looks like no. They're missing Debo Samuel, which is, I think, a big part of all of this. He is, I've said before, one of the more talented running or more talented players in the National Football League because you can use him at running back, because you can just have him be that just get him in space guy, or he can win some contested catches as well. He just does everything for San Francisco and not having that guy I think has been bigger than a lot of people want to give credit to. But Brock Purdy didn't seem comfortable trying to lead this team back. And that's going to be something that is going to be really interesting to monitor as uh, this 49ers team definitely takes a hit. But they were inspired to come out and make a big move as they acquire Chase Young from Washington for a third-round pick. If Chase Young is healthy, he is still one of the premier pass rushers in the National Football League and an absolute game-changer, an absolute game-wrecker. And now he is on a team full of them. So this is a great trade for San Francisco and one that kind of gets them back on top, um, towards the top in the NFC. The other trade that went down um, involving a commander's defensive lineman was uh, Montez Sweat going to the Chicago Bears. This is a curious move for the Bears the second year in a row. They move a second round pick, which the the way they've been playing is basically a late first round pick. Um, They move that for a player in more of a win-now type of a move when they're not a win-now type of a team. Now, 
Sweat could be a premier pass rusher for the next like five, 10 years. So th- this is one where I actually don't mind it. And I-, I like it when bad teams go out and still try to improve. They saw that there was a player available that they wanted to make as a, a foundational piece, and they went out and did that. So I actually like this move for the Chicago Bears. Um, a tough game for the Kansas City Chiefs as they fall to the Denver Broncos. It's Patrick Mahomes' flu game. If you've ever had the flu, the last thing you want to be doing is playing football in plus 20 weather. But it is something that we've said before about this Kansas City team. The playmakers on offense just aren't there. And when you take Travis Kelsey away or he has a bit of a, a rough game, there isn't anything behind him that's going to, to help you out. I was surprised at how quiet Kansas City was at this trade deadline. I I think that they need one other guy to to step up. And Rasheed Rice has been that guy at times. Um, MVS has had a couple of moments as well. But they they really do, I think, need to address this in the offseason now. And I'm surprised they didn't do it at the trade deadline. Um, One team that did was the Philadelphia... Not at the trade deadline. They they did this a couple years ago. Getting uh, the Philadelphia Eagles getting... Uh, A.J. Brown, and he has rocketed up as one of the best receivers in the league. I think right now, begrudgingly, we all say Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill kind of is a bad dude, um, but A.J. Brown is a guy who, like that that one-handed catch he made in the end zone is ridiculous. He can run all of the routes, 50-50 balls, you got it. He can beat guys over the top. He is just everything, and he was the final piece that really unlocked this offense out in Philadelphia and turned it from a good offense to a great offense. He has been a superstar with the Eagles in a couple of seasons and that there's no it's no secret why this team has been so successful with him. But this was another week where he just kind of showed that he might be the second best receiver in the NFL right now. Um and the last one here, Will Levis with a monster game. Now, a lot of it like it obviously looks good when you're putting up big touchdown passes. A lot of the underneath stuff that they, they didn't You can look at the numbers and see some inefficiencies in how they did this, but not a lot of teams are pushing the ball downfield this year. If the Titans can be that team, then that is a nice wrinkle that they can have to maybe make another run at this thing in the AFC South, although it does look like Jacksonville is starting to run away and hide with that. But this is promising. Um, I'm surprised the Titans didn't make more moves at the deadline here, but you you now have a, a quarterback looking to push the ball down the field they have weapons out in Tennessee. I think the defense needs to be improved a bit, but they have weapons out in Tennessee. Maybe this won't be a long rebuild with Will Levis at the helm, like we thought. Uh, before we get into deadline winners and losers and the Raiders situation, let's look at our stupid good fantasy football team this week. At quarterback, um, Will Levis, the aforementioned Will Levis, 4% owned, 26.62 fantasy points. And again, what we're looking for here is showing how frustrating fantasy football can be, where I go through and see who had the most points to the least amount of owned across fantasy football leagues. You could call this that this helped no one all-stars. But some big fantasy performances each week by people who just come out of nowhere. Will Levis, definitely one of them. Um, Royce Freeman of the LA Rams. 22% 22% owned, 10.4 fantasy points. Darrington Evans from Chicago, 0% owned, 10 fantasy points. Jamison Crowder, also 0% owned, 15.5 fantasy points. Uh, Nick Westbrook, Aquino, 1% owned, 9.3 fantasy points. Trey McBride, 20%, 15.5 fantasy points. We're flexing Donald Parham, tight end for the LA Chargers this week. 3% owned, 10.3 fantasy points. Our defense is Denver, 23% owned, 17 fantasy points. And Matt Gay 
uh, field goal kicker, 20% owned, 10 points. The stupid good fantasy football team this week put up 124.26 fantasy points. I almost knocked my coffee over. All right, let's get into trade deadline winners and losers here. Um, we'll start with the winners. I think the big one, or one of the big ones, is Philadelphia, as uh, they acquired Bayard from uh, Tennessee to really solidify a secondary that probably needed it a little bit. Um, but... I, I love this from Philadelphia. They have been aggressive in making moves and trying to make this team better. And they found an opening and they took advantage. A, a smart, smart, smart move for Philadelphia. From the San Francisco 49ers standpoint, like I said, getting Chase Young could be an absolute game changer. When you're trying to track down um, Jalen Hurts and you're looking to slow down Dak Prescott in the NFC playoffs, having that pass rush is going to be massive. And so I like what the 49ers do here. And my last winner is Washington. They knew they weren't going anywhere. They have two assets that are, uh, I think, can get them some good return. You get a third-round pick for a guy who's been banged up, and you get a second-round pick that's essentially a late first-round pick for Montez Sweat. And the, the rebuild clearly on now in Washington uh, as they looked at to kind of reset. But I, I think a smart deadline kind of looking around like no one else, no one else is selling. All right, let's do it. And, and I think they got good return for a couple of marquee players. Um, losers at the deadline, the Buffalo Bills not going out and addressing uh, whether it's uh, a need on the defensive side of the football or getting another playmaker on the offensive side. I thought they still needed at least one move, maybe even two, and they didn't do it. Um, the Tennessee Titans, I, I thought that the, the teardown could have been on a little bit more. Um get something for Derrick Henry, get something for Ryan Tannehill, and, and try to move this thing forward a little bit. Um, and the last one, the Kansas City Chiefs, that this is a team that should be competing for a Super Bowl, and absolutely can, but I think they needed one more guy to take this thing over the top. So I'm surprised that there wasn't another offensive skill player being brought in to help out the Kansas City Chiefs. That was a that was a bit of an eye-opener for me. Last part of this one on part two is the Vegas Raiders situation. Um, Josh McDaniels has been fired along with the general manager and the offensive coordinator. Um, so they are completely cleaning house. Again, th this, is, this continues to happen out in Vegas. Um, and from a fan standpoint, and that is where I'm coming from from this, from a fan standpoint, it's better that all those guys are gone. Uh, this was a poorly managed football team. It was a poorly coached football team. And it, it was just, it's its a bad roster that was not being utilized effectively. All of those are bad signs. So the, those guys, the people in charge of that are all gone now, um, which I, I think makes the most sense and was, was the move to make from a, a Raiders standpoint. The issue I now have is I don't know if I trust the people making the decisions to go out and actually hire the right people to get this thing back on track. It's been a long time since the Raiders have had consecutive relevant seasons in the National Football League. Um, that This roster is really, really bad, and I, I think needs a complete overhaul. And from a, a coaching standpoint, like it, it's it's been brutal. Um, you should have been fired after the Pittsburgh game where you're, you're kicking multiple times down eight in the fourth quarter and just not getting the ball back. But... It's a complete organizational failure once again from the Vegas Raiders. All right, that's going to do it for the show today. Thank you all so much for tuning into part two. Like I said, part one was basketball and baseball. This is part two. Part three coming up in a little bit. We're looking at the Canadian Football League and a wild day in the NHL. Just while we've been recording these, it's been getting wild. So we're going to get into all of that. 
Follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. You can email the show, CouchPotatoDiary, at yahoo.com. You've made it this far. Give the video a like. Subscribe to the channel. Um, if you're listening, leave a review. Subscribe to the channel. And I will talk to you all in a little bit. Have a good one.